was just playing Handel's keyboard suite in D minor. I want to share a potential productivity hack with that. I have experimented with listening to different types of music while writing, while creating content, while brainstorming, and I have found Baroque music to be some of the best at getting me into that alpha brainwave state, that meditative state. Some call it flow. So just a genre of music you might want to try out if you fancy you know yourself somebody who is into peak performance and somebody who is curious about dabbling more into that. Additionally, you might also want to try one song, just one song on repeat because the looping of that will also get you into that trance-like state versus, you know, songs changing might peak your brains into more of a, a beta brainwave state than that desired alpha one that we get into when we're full up, when we're in flow. So just something to try. <clears throat> I will move us into speaking from the heart about this topic of confidence. Confidence. The definition of confidence is trust in your ability to complete a task. It is not the same thing as self-esteem. Self-esteem is like how you feel about yourself. That's not to say the two don't interrelate or feed off of one another. You might find that as your self-esteem improves, you feel more trust in your ability to complete tasks and vice versa. The more your self-trust increases, the higher your self-esteem may very well be. So it all interrelates, it all connects together. But why might you feel like you lack confidence in certain areas? Why don't you have this trust in your ability to complete a task? If you have these ambitious goals, you want to grow your businesses, you want to speak on more stages, you want to have greater impact, you want to make more money, but you feel like you lack confidence in your ability to do that, what does it mean? It means you're lacking some trust in your own ability to complete the task. I believe the phrase, fake it till you make it, is we could cast some blame onto that phrase. It's a bullshit phrase. How can you feel confident in something you're faking? How about instead we just do it until we do it? Do it until you do it. The more you do things, the greater trust you will have in your ability to do things. And this is where my notes have this in a different order, but the heart tells me to go here right now. When somebody breaks their commitments to you, or when you see someone else break commitments that they've made to themselves, what happens? You lose trust in them. The same is true of yourself. So you make commitments, you break them, and that's taking coins out of the confidence piggy bank. You're saying consciously or subconsciously, well, how could you trust yourself to complete the task if you've made the commitment and you don't complete the task? Now, one of the reasons we do that is fake it till we make it huge, grandiose, great big goals, trying to swing the pendulum way too far in the other direction, right? You go from years or months of not exercising to I'm going to exercise every day. That's a hard commitment to keep. And then you break it. You lose self-trust. You feel like shit. You judge yourself. And you're back in your familiar cycle. So that's not the way to build confidence. Now, big, juicy, delusional, unrealistic goals are great. Remember, none of what I'll ever teach is one or the other dichotomous bullshit. But that needs to be paired and tempered by the gradual micro steps that'll advance you towards that big goal. And we're going to talk more about what realistic micro step commitments might look like and how you guys can devise some of your own so that you keep putting those dollars into 
the confidence. Piggy bank. I want to be more confident. I want to be it. I want to have it. In perfect divine timing. I think it was Warren who posted just this morning Carol Dweck quote, uh, author of the book Mindset, which I think I referenced last week. Great, great book. Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K, Mindset is the name of the book. I want to be confident. I want to be. I want to be. It's like you want this binary switch, zero to one. I don't feel confident now. I want to be confident. Carol Dweck says, becoming is better than being. Becoming, the gradualization. I'm going to keep making commitments to myself and following through on them over and over and over again. It is not a switch, a zero to one. We are engaging in the process, the continual, never-ending, horizontal work of becoming always more and more confident. Because I know there's some folks who I mentor, who I interact with, who probably are not here live right now because they would say, I'm confident. I'm already confident. But how much more leverage could that person gain if they could dial into those few areas where they're not so confident and begin the process of becoming gradually more confident in those areas. There are always ways to become more confident. Become, not be, become. So fake it till you make it. Only thinking big, huge pendulum swings. These are some reasons why you might not feel confident yet. You haven't begun the process of becoming more confident. Another factor that might be hurting your confidence is putting other people's needs before your own all of the time. It's hard to feel confident when you're a doormat. It's hard to feel confident when you are a doormat. We even spoke about briefly in our Mindset and Messaging Mastery Facebook group that children are happiest when they see their parents happy. Because then children think, oh, I make my mom and dad happy. Great. (laughs) So if you think in this uh, very guilt-ridden, you know, maybe you could call it uh, the challenging side of Christianity, I don't know, but that you have to sacrifice happiness in order to make other people happy, that's backwards. Because then your children will see you sad and they'll think, why can't I make mom and dad happy? Of course, we know as adults that we're responsible for our own happiness and it's not our kids, but children don't understand that yet. So putting other people's needs constantly before your own is going to hurt your confidence. It's hard to feel confident when you are a doormat. Matt said, a martyr isn't a hero until after they're dead. That's right. And you don't want to die. (laughs) Be a hero by setting the example, not just for your kids, but for your families, for your communities, for those relatives of yours who look at you and who maybe they're a little bit jealous of you, but that also means they kind of admire you a little bit because they want some of the things you have. They want to do some of the things you're doing. How do you be a hero to them now? And some of the rules hmm, that I have for becoming more confident, putting those dollars in the confidence piggy bank, will be what we call the self-expressive benefits. People want to embody your power, your essence, your energy. They want to be more like you. You know, we have learned the art Matt Murphy, tell me if I'm right, of putting other people's needs before our own for whatever reasons. It's a great coping strategy that we have developed to get through challenging situations in life, right? I'll put this family member's needs before my own so that I can survive. I could be accepted in the group. 
I can be loved. They give me a pat on the back. I get some sort of dopamine, no matter how confused or maladaptive it might be. And that becomes our comfort level. And as humans, one of our biggest core fundamental motivations is to maintain comfort, security, the familiar. We choose the familiar, even if it sucks, at least we know it. It is not killing us quickly. It might kill us slowly and a little bit at a time. How do we gradually move into a new level of comfort? A new level of comfort with putting my needs first. We will overcome incredible levels of bullshit, incredible levels of pain and difficult challenges for somebody else. If we have a crazy ass deadline, right? We will often meet it for somebody else, for that client. If we got to pull an all-nighter to get it done for somebody else, we will do it. But when it comes to ourselves, we need to start doing that for ourselves because guess what? Your future self, just like that client, is on the other side of the boundary. Your future self is waiting for you. No matter what, whether you overcome the boundary or not, He or she is there waiting for you. You'll go meet a client there. You'll go meet the squeaky wheel, the annoying family member over there. Why aren't you getting over the boundary to meet yourself over there? And there's that quote. I don't don't know where it comes from. The squeaky wheel gets greased. And then one of my mentors, Joe Polish, likes to say, how about the squeaky wheel gets replaced? How about that? How about you start being more of your own squeaky wheel? Because the more and more you cater to your own needs, the more and more you overcome boundaries for yourself, what does that do? Gives you confidence, improves your sense of self-worth, your self-esteem, and your feeling that you can try anything no matter what for yourself. What do you envision doing once you become more confident? Everybody showed up today because they're interested in becoming more confident. Why? What do you want that confidence for? What is it that you feel like you need the boosted confidence for in order to achieve? Can you start Moving towards that now, confidence be damned. Because that's the irony. You can't sit and just meditate and hope and pray that the confidence will come. Confidence is trust in your ability to complete a task. You have to start completing the task. It's not the other way around. It's from the doing. How can you get it really, really granular? Do whatever you need to do to make that task achievable for you. If your nails got to look good before you go on Instagram Live, then get your fucking nails done. If you need to do 10 push-ups so you feel the adrenaline moving through your body so that you can complete the task you've committed to, do the fucking push-ups. Whatever those micro steps are in between, get them done. And what is that? All coins, all deposits into the confidence piggy bank. Because every little commitment that you stick to is building trust. Just as your trust in other people increases, when you see them sticking to their commitments, so will your trust in and of yourself. And all of that moves us up to new levels of comfort. We adapt. We change ourselves in that way, gradually. When you realize that you are at the other side of the barrier waiting for yourself, this could be a helpful prompt or question that ensures you get there 
nearly every time as often as possible. At every moment in life, we're at a fork in the road. It's crazy. Every split second of life, there are a gazillion different directions we could walk off into and we have a choice. Am I gonna show up for the call? <laughs> or am I gonna hide under a blanket? Am I, am I gonna go for my walk, my 20 minute walk around the neighborhood, or am I gonna sit and scroll social media? We have a choice every single second. It could be terrifying. <laughs> so many choices, so many seconds. And it's also wildly empowering because you have the choice. So ask yourself, what would my highest self do? What would the version of me who has the confidence already do? What would he do? What would she do? Would she go take that 20 minute walk that she committed to doing every single day? Or would she say, well, I, you know, I could skip a day feeling a little bit tired. When you know deep down the irony there is if you took the walk, you would get more energy. But if you sat around and didn't do anything, you would only feel more tired. You know these things, but we're so good at convincing ourselves to stay with whatever we're familiar with. Start to convince yourself instead to meet the you at the other side of the boundary who is waiting for you. What would the highest version of yourself do? Another reason we may struggle with confidence or not feeling so confident is because we might look back and let me know. Let me know if this, if anybody has done this, okay? We look back at times we have tried something and we look at how it didn't quite work out. We look at how it failed. I tried this and it failed. I put myself out there and it failed. I quoted a really high package and they said no. And we so fixate on that negative outcome that it hurts our confidence and we don't want to try again. Confidence is trust in your ability to complete the task. So if you don't try again, you're not completing the task again. How do we fix that? We need to value, record, and praise ourselves for doing the thing, a process-oriented goal outcome result. Hey, I did the thing. That's a coin in the confidence piggy bank. The result does not matter. Yes, it brings feelings in you. That's totally fine and it's useful. How you feel about an outcome is useful. It means you care, it's important. But ultimately that one outcome is a single data point. In nearly all situations in life, a single data point is irrelevant. You have to keep completing the task to observe the trend. Look at the trend. My father has always had issues with his weight. In fact, I was packing Eden's school lunch yesterday and uh, she really likes some slices of ham. Not a sandwich, just, just plain ham. Uncured organic ham, right? And so I'm rolling up these little slices of ham and I'm putting them in the lunchbox. And just before she goes up to bed, she grabs a slice of ham and just she eats it really, really fast. And I call her a ham bandit. I laugh to myself and I say, this is probably not the first time somebody with Catella blood has been called a ham bandit. <laughs> just a long way of saying my father has always had issues with his weight. A lot of Catellas do. And... To this day, even though he knows so much about nutrition, he'll say, Laura, I would get so frustrated because I would do 100 flights on the Stairmaster, spend an hour drenched in sweat, 100 flights, so much work, and then he gets on the scale the next day and he weighs one pound more. Who's done some shit like that and felt incredibly frustrated about it? But what's, what are the problems with that thinking? How could that hurt his confidence so that he doesn't want to complete the task anymore. He's looking at one data point, 
won. And he's looking at the result. He's not taking pride in his effort, in his output, in the fact that he committed to do the thing and he did it. So if you keep telling yourself, I am proud that I've committed to doing this and I've done it, and you keep doing it over and over again, don't you think those pounds are eventually going to come off? Even if intense cardio is not the most efficient way (laughs) to lose weight, still. Yes, Matt, great point. And only one aspect of the result. It's like a data point within a data point. It's the number on the scale. Whereas your cardiovascular health is improving, your stamina, your endurance, heightened level of testosterone, all of that is also improving. But we don't even see that in the number on the scale. So we have to stop getting all wrapped up. Can you catch yourself in the moments where you're wrapped up in a single data point and instead focus on, hey, I stuck to my commitment. I'm going to keep doing that. More and more coins in the confidence piggy bank. Woo! (laughs) I told you guys I would be on one today. This is important shit. This is important shit. Confidence is your trust in your ability to complete a task. What impacts your ability to complete a task? One. Your belief system. Do you feel like this task is hard? Do you feel like it's not meant for you? How can you make the task easier? How can you be more prepared? Can you visualize yourself completing it? Can you write a letter or record a short video to yourself on your phone as if you were on the other side of the boundary and you were meeting yourself? What, what are you like? What do you say to yourself 30 days after completing the task? After your continued execution of your commitment. I tell everyone in here, film a short video. You all have a phone with a camera on it. You all know selfie mode, right? Film a video to yourself 30 days of practicing whatever your task is that you want to commit to. Very few of you will do it. You might say, that's easy. I don't have to do it. But that's the problem. (laughs) Because now you're not doing the tasks. You're not putting the deposit into the piggy bank. Laura told me to do this. It sounds so simple. It's not a calculus equation, so I don't need to do it but you're fucking up your confidence. You're not completing the task. Whitney, I appreciate you saying that this is a good idea. Um, I've mentioned this a few times, so if you've heard this before, it's okay, it's worth repeating. If you know the YouTuber, Mr. Beast, he might have the largest YouTube channel out of all of them. If, If not, it's definitely in the top five. Hundreds and hundreds of millions of subscribers. If you look back on his channel, he record, pre-recorded videos of himself when he had like 10,000 subscribers and he was like, watch this one year in the future. And he talks to himself as if it's one year later. He's like, it's one year later. You have 100,000 subscribers. You've done this and that. Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. He did that at different milestones. One year in the future, five years in the future, etc. All of his lofty ambitions that he had came to fruition because he spent that time with himself over the boundary. Video doesn't have to be your medium. You could go and look at those, those videos. He has them live now. They went live a year later and you know, whatever the time frame is after he filmed them. Video doesn't have to be the medium. You could write a letter. You could paint a picture of yourself, whatever medium calls to you. The medium does not matter. That's form versus function. The point is to begin to meet yourself at the other side of the boundary. It's another good way to solidify your commitments too. Because if I write myself a letter saying, hey, this is Laura, 30 days into the future, you drank two liters of water every day for the past 30 days. Wow, your skin is improved. (laughs) 
In the beginning, you had to go to the bathroom way more often, but now your body's used to it. (laughs) Your pee is more clear. Whatever, whatever details come to mind. If you write that letter and you don't stick to the commitment of drinking two liters of water every day, you feel like more of an asshole, right? Shit, I said I was going to do it and I did it. So it helps you solidify your commitment. Notice I very intentionally chose the water example because two liters of water a day is an easy one. At least I hope it is, right? I'm not saying do 100 flights of stairs per day. You want to choose these commitments to be something you could do at your worst day. It's not beating your best. It's raising the floor. It's beating your worst. What is a commitment you could stick to on your worst day? And these little micro steps, one push-up a day, seriously, Warren, one push-up a day. For me, it would be one pull-up a day. It might take me an hour to do like one pull-up. <laughs> Maria says, I never heard it put that way. I appreciate you saying that too because, and it's nobody's fault, I'm not casting fucking blame, but there's so much emphasis on hustle, go, beat your best, beat your best. You had your best year? Okay, let's do better next year. You had your best month? Let's do better next month. Best is a superlative term. It's hard to beat by definition. Put some effort, attention, energy, and focus on beating your worst. Your worst is easy to beat. You keep beating your worst. What happens? It's a trend. The trend is up. Beating your best will come along with time. Look, I've given this assignment to a few of my mentorship students. Look at 2022. Which months were your worst? Worst revenue-wise? Worst emotionally? Did your relationship suffer? Whatever your metrics are that are important to you. Which months were your worst? Analyze what happened there. Why was this your worst month revenue-wise? Revenue what would it look like? If you had a 20% boost that month or a 50% boost that month, what are some efficient things you can do to get that boost? Way easier than beating your best month, way more sustainable. And by implementing and creating the changes you need to beat those worst months, you're setting up systems for the whole trend to continue to move upward. You beat your worst by making commitments to the changes that you need to beat your worst, coins in the confidence piggy bank. A commitment you can stick to on your worst day. I'm going to talk more about stuff for your worst day in a little bit. Oh, or now, or now. (laughs) This is from my heart today. So now, because we can talk about confidence on the good days. We get up, we have energy, we put on an outfit we like, which matters by the way. We feel good. It's easy on your best day. The tricky part comes on your worst day. You wake up, shitty night of sleep, maybe you got into a fight the previous night. Something went wrong, maybe a client fired you, right? You lost the source of income. Your kids didn't sleep, everything piled up the night before and you wake up and you're having one of the worst days. What do you do in that situation? You need to have predetermined the commitments you will stick to on your worst day. What will I do on my worst day? Decide it now, decide it on a good day. Because it's going to be challenging for you to decide on that shitty day. On that shitty day is when you're going to want to stay in bed, scroll social media all day, stay under the weighted blanket, eat 10 bars of chocolate, order pizza, all that shit. So decide in advance, what will I do on my worst day? How will I give myself the extra care that I need on my worst day? And how will I challenge myself just a little bit? 
so that I can be pushed on my worst day. And maybe you already set it up. So if you need that day where you only stay in bed and you eat chocolate and you eat pizza and you scroll social media, that is fucking fine. That is fine. So long as you've already decided to do that and you put a time limit on it. I get two days of rooting around and feeling my feelings. And then I'm back to it. You set the time limit in advance. This way you're keeping that commitment. I commit to give myself whatever hedonistic pleasure and suppression of pain that I need to get through this for two days. And then I am back on my shit. Confidence, piggy bank. I'm doing what I need for myself. I'm putting my needs first. Anybody who does not support you putting yourself first benefits by you putting yourself last. And the thing is, (laughs) so much of the time, it's not other people doing it to us. It's us doing it to ourselves. Our loved ones want us to feel good and to do what we need to feel good. Some of them might not, right? And you have to realize that when, if if they do speak up and they're like, ooh, like what, You're, you're being sort of selfish. That's saying more about them than it's saying about you because they benefit from you not putting yourself first. Thank you, Mike. I know, what did, what did, is that what Mary wanted me to say again? I think so. So you decide today, what will you do on your worst days when the confidence is not there? What will you do? Your self-care matters here. Why? It's like the nail example. If you need your nails to look good before you go on Instagram Live, then get your fucking nails done. If that's what you need, then fucking do it. There's no excuse. When you shower and you do your hair and, and you put on the cologne you like, a shirt you like, you feel more able to complete the task at hand. That's why those things are important. That's how they boost confidence. They're also micro accomplishments, coins in the confidence piggy bank. Okay. I've done that. I didn't have a lot of energy, but I washed my hair. I did that. That's a coin in the piggy bank. I really wanted to wear sweatpants and pajamas, but I put on a nice outfit. That's a coin in the piggy bank. Now I can show up. So that self-care shit matters. It's not just frou-frou stuff. And you know it. Again, you already know this shit to be true. You know when you groom yourself and you put on the clothes that you feel good in, your energy is lifted. You feel more able to do other things. But this is the easy stuff that will say, it's too easy. I'm not going to do it. That's ironic. Stop with that ironic bullshit. It's too easy. I'm not going to do it. Let's reframe that. It's so easy. I must do it. It's so easy, I must do it. Because that's when all of this shit starts to change. That's what a commitment is. A commitment is when a should becomes a must. That is when something becomes a commitment. Who here has had their back against a wall? I have to make something happen and I gotta make it happen fast. And guess what? You did what you had to do, didn't you? Every time our back is against a wall, we do what we need to do. Why? Because shoulds become musts in that situation. My back is against a wall. I must do this. But we get to the place where our back maybe is not so much against the wall, right? And those musts switch back to the other thing, the shoulds. And when it's a should, what does that imply? You're not doing it. That's what should implies. You're not doing it. I should do it. That means you're not doing it. 
So what are the little commitments we could flip back into the must category? I must take my 20 minute walk. I must drink my two liters of water a day. And if you do fall off, because fall offs happen, you just get back on it the next day. You don't spend a bunch of time beating yourself up and reverting to the place where you never did that. All right, I fell off for a day, I'm back on it today. No use in dwelling, no use in beating yourself up. A commitment is when a should becomes a must. And the more you stick to your musts, the higher your confidence will be. We talked about not being attached to that result, to those singular data points. Understand that mess ups and results that you don't want will happen. Of course, it's par for the course. You learn to walk, falling will happen. You learn how to ride a bike, falling will happen. In fact, if things are not messing up, if you're not hearing no, if you're not occasionally falling short, then you are playing it too safe. You're playing it too safe. So can we begin to flip, I'm afraid of this happening, to I can't wait for that to happen. I'm afraid of me being on stage and everybody laughs at me and not at one of my amazing jokes. Can I flip that to I can't wait until that happens? I am afraid of the moment I make an offering and somebody says, hell no, hell no, Laura. I can't wait for that to happen because that means I am stretching. I am gradually stretching and finding that new area of comfort. If everything only has a 100% success rate, yeah, in one way that's great, but it could also suggest that you're playing it too safe. So when we're not afraid of those outlier outcomes, when we're not afraid of somebody laughing at us or us getting hate, and we flip that to, I can't wait till I get more hate. People see the videos of me in the bodysuit at Diamond Day, right? Strangers, people who don't know me. And they're like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> like, who the hell does she think she is? She looks crazy. Who told her she should wear that? And I get hate. And the first time I saw one, of course, it like hurts my feelings a little bit. I'm a human. But I flip it. I'm like, I can't wait till I get 10 times as much hate <laughs> because then I'm winning. Then I'm out there. Then I'm reaching so many more people. So you can flip nearly everything you're afraid of. I can't wait till the things you're afraid of happen to you for the most part. That makes sense? Norell says, I bought an outfit like that because of you. Thank you. And this is, yes, people will ask me, and it's in my notes for later, but again, from the heart. People ask me, Laura, how are you so confident to wear that? How are you confident in, in looking like a Christmas ornament? How? How do you do it? It's because I know what I like. And for me, I love those fucking bodysuits. I have said it long before any of you knew me. Bury me in an all-black bodysuit. For my grave, all-black. On stage, it's got a sparkle. So I've known for a long time that I love bodysuits. So it's me. So of course I'm confident in it. What do you like? What do you like? If you know what you like and you are ruthless about the protection of that, about the divinity of that, of course you're going to be confident in it. So don't try to wear stuff just because it's the style right now or because you feel like you have to present in some sort of way. Wear what you like. Of course you'll be confident. Smell how you like. Of course you'll be confident in it. Design your homes the way you like. And that may take time to figure out because we're so conditioned 
to kind of just going with the flow and taking what's handed to us, we might not even know what we like yet. So give yourself time. Let your proclivities and your receptivities begin to slowly guide you. And that's all coins in the confidence piggy bank. Let me have a sip before this one. Because this one is super duper paramount important. Your boundaries. You need to commit to maintaining your boundaries. Every time you think, okay, I, I know I need boundaries. Um, how many of you have like no clearly defined boundaries? Because this is something I struggled with for a really long time. I never really fully understood like the concept of boundaries. Wait a minute, I could say no. <laughs> I could say I'm not available for that. I could say I'm not going to answer that. So it seems like a lot of us are in the beginning stages of this boundary process. So even the awareness, hey, it's time for me to begin to think. Just maintain the openness and the receptivity of I'm going to start creating some boundaries is huge, is huge. Because when you don't have any boundaries and you are a doormat, and you put everybody else's needs before your own, it's hard to be confident. It's hard to be confident if that's your reality. I'm gonna share my screen for a second. If I, let me get everything kind of organized. Cause I saw a great, everything in beautiful divine timing always. Just this morning, Troy, who a lot of us are friends with, shared this great, I'm just gonna pull it up real quick live real time here. You guys see my screen? You just give me a nod, I'm on Facebook. Okay, I'm gonna pull up our dear friend, Troy Erickson's profile here. This was so, this was so great. So he shared this. He even calls it the most plain but coolest testimonial ever. Look at this from Sam Ovens. I'm not doing video testimonials anymore, but I'll give you a text one. And he said, Troy knows email. He improved our open rates by five to 10%. I recommend him to everyone. He's one of the guys I trust. Boundary. I'm not doing video testimonials anymore. But I'll give you a text one. That's it. What is a boundary really? It's a barrier that exists in the world. Does the barrier have justification to it? Does the barrier have a little sign underneath that says, I'm a boundary that's here because of X, Y, and Z. Your boundaries do not need justification. Sam Ovens does not have to give Troy a reason why he doesn't film video testimonials anymore. Anybody who would beat you down into justifying your boundaries benefits from you not having boundaries. So how do you micro step your way into setting up some boundaries for yourself? Because you lay those boundaries down, you commit to them, you communicate them, coins in the confidence, piggy bank. You're staying committed, you are trusting yourself to complete the task of protecting your space, protecting your time, protecting your energy. Can the boundary be you filtering people into a certain place and time. So do a lot of you get asked, hey, like, can you help me <laughs> with this? Like by strangers, by people you don't like know too well. Hey, can you look at this for free? Can you do this thing for me? I've found it helpful, even though you can just say no. Look at the Sam Ovens example, right? Pick my brain. Yeah, can can yeah. Can you pick my brain? Can I pick your brain? Can I pick your brain? That is like, first of all, disgusting imagery. Like, I picture somebody with a fork, like trying to eat parts of my brain out of my fucking skull. Gross. No, you can't pick my brain. I like having my brain full, intact in my head. That's where it's most useful for everyone. No, you can't pick parts of it. 
So yes, you can just say no. Look at the Sam Ovens example. Or you can do no, but can you move them all somewhere? So I taught that to Carolyn Santo, and she's going to start doing these once a month, ask me anything calls. So the way that I like to think about it is free help can be one to many because it's more exponential. It's more useful that way. And then if they want the one-on-one time for that tailored approach so you can really dive into what they need, that's what they got to pay for. So it's either, hey, come to my Ask Me Anything, come do this, or I'm going to record it. You know, if somebody asks, can you look at my website? You got any pointers? You say, well, yes, the only way I do that is if I record it and share it so that it could help teach others too and create inbound lead flow value generation for you. So that could be a type of boundary or a system, some sort of commitment you make. Hey, when I help somebody, it has to benefit you too. Because every single time you help somebody and it benefits you too, more fucking coins in the confidence piggy bank. If you purely help people at your own loss, it's hard to feel confident. The right people will want you helping them to benefit you called a virtuous system or else you get depleted and you run out nobody wants that that doesn't help anyone so just keep start opening your mind what are ways that I could help people that it still benefits me so that I don't deplete so I don't run out and there are a ton of different ways You've heard me repeat intentionally many times, a coin, a dollar, a deposit in the confidence piggy bank. I want you to use this language for yourself. So you can tell yourself, hey, I did the thing. That's a coin in my confidence piggy bank. Because if you're not consciously putting the attention on, ooh, I'm growing my confidence here, you're missing an opportunity to become more confident. Why let it be left to subconscious magic? That happens too, but we have an opportunity to consciously say, hey, I just put a coin in the confidence piggy bank. Because if you start telling yourself that even once a day, what do we got? A trend, and the trend is up. I drank my water. I did my 20-minute walk. I did my meditation, I went live on Instagram for 10 minutes, whatever the commitment is, you stick to it, you did it, you tell yourself, hey, that's a dollar in my confidence piggy bank, I did it. So we get the subconscious magic and the conscious work. We talked about knowing what you like and doing that, wearing that, putting that in your home, being that. Sometimes it's helpful to know who you're not and own that, be clear about that, start to communicate that. Sometimes it's easier for us to say who we're not. Are you jealous? Are you a jealous person? Probably not. Are you a vengeful person? Probably not. So you can begin to say, I'm not a jealous person. What does that mean? You applaud and appreciate Everybody's success. I'm an encourager. I'm a motivator. And so anytime, (laughs) like, jealousy rears its ugly head, which is natural, you can start to move into the other side of it because you've already established that generally you're not a jealous person. I look for opportunities in the success of others. I see that as motivation. What can I learn from them? Now, instead of feeling jealous, instead of feeling like shit, you become more empowered and motivated. Conscious thought on this. Not just relying on the subconscious magic of it all. (sighs) 
So I'm going to repeat as we come right up on an hour here. Perfect divine timing as always. This is your homework. This is my one of two asks. Ask number one, decide what you will do on your worst day. What will you commit to? If you remember the exercise I kind of trickled in about raising the floor and looking back at 2022, which months were your worst? What could you do there? That's great bonus homework. I don't get a fucking cookie if you do it. I hope you get a lot of benefits out of doing it. It's for you. But the main homework for everybody, what will you commit to do on your worst day? Have a plan, design it today. So that when you're in the dumps, which happens, you can climb out way faster and feel confident and feel proud of yourself for doing that and giving yourself what you need on your worst day. And of course, executing on that is again, the deposit and the confidence piggy bank because you're saying, hey, I'm not such a piece of shit. I did the thing I said I was going to do on my worst day. I did it. And remember this. Every single one of you has a 100% success rate at coping with everything you've had to cope with in life so far, right? You have a 100% success rate of that. So that's a reason to feel confident. That's already a reason to feel confident. You have not failed. Everything we have gone through in our lives so far, challenging family situations, pain, death, divorce, difficulty parenting, figuring out your fucking identity, who am I? For a lot of us, taking the leaps into business ownership, freelancing, that is not easy shit. Most people cannot do it. Yet you have all done it and are doing it. So you have a 100% success rate at coping with everything that life has thrown at you thus far, 100%. So whatever it is that you envision when you say, I want to be confident because blank. I want to be confident so I could do blank. Remember that you already have 100% success rate at coping through life. So of course you could do that thing that you feel you need to be confident in order to achieve. Of course you can You just need to do it, to do it. Take the micro steps, follow the commitments, grow that sense of trust in yourself. Remember what trust means when you trust somebody else. How do you give the same to yourself? How do you meet yourself at the other side of the barrier? Because he or she is waiting for you. And that's mindset mastery call number two, confidence. With your professor, fucking me, Professor Catella. I love you guys.